Hi, it's Leia, founder of Rebel Creative Studio, and you're listening to Rebelology, the podcast, a space where I discuss the journey of living a truly authentic, abundant, and rebellious life. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Rebelology. This is your host, Leia, and today's episode is titled Exploring Archetypes, the Rebel versus the Sacred Rebel. Today's guest is Jess Beard. She is a spiritual business coach and archetypal teacher. She guides her clients through the self-esteem and soul-esteem archetypes so they can break free of their limiting beliefs and sabotaging patterns. By stepping up into their sovereign archetype, her clients were able to find the confidence to bring their dreams into reality. She works with healers, coaches, starseeds, lightworkers, and anyone dedicated to helping others to create thriving businesses and financial sovereignty. She has coaching programs and a range of online courses, including an archetypal empowerment and a business coaching program for spiritual entrepreneurs. So, welcome to the show, Jess. I'd love if you could start by introducing yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you do. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited to be on this podcast and talking about archetypes. I am a spiritual business coach, and I particularly love and am passionate about archetypes and our patternings and how once you learn and understand your archetypal patterns, you can really start to unravel the things which are you know, really holding you back from starting your businesses or following your dreams or getting out of, you know, sabotaging patterns or bad relationships and things that really are detrimental. So it, you know, they say know thyself. And I really believe that if you understand your archetypal patterns, the ones that are your superpowers and the ones that are also your supervillains, you can take control of your life. So it's really excited to come on here and talk about the rebel and the sacred rebel. Yeah, that's very interesting to hear you say even even the villain archetype. Um, (laughs) Can you just start by defining what is an archetype exactly? So archetype was a, a, a term that was coined by the amazing Carl Jung, and it's like Uh, a program or a collective personality trait, which is the same no matter where you go. So the rebel is actually perfect. Um, I use it and the mother archetype as well, because if you go to France and speak French, if you go to Poland and you speak Polish, and then you go into South Africa and you're, you're speaking the language down there, no matter what language, no matter what country, if you ask them what is a rebel, they're most likely all going to say the same characteristics. They're going to say the same things about a mother. And an archetype has its light and its dark aspects or light and shadow aspects. So sometimes you can um, go into the shadow of an archetype and let it be controlling you instead of using its best capabilities. So you can have good mothers and bad mothers and you can have good rebels and bad rebels. How do we form these archetypes? Is this something we're born with, part of our personality that 
forms as we grow. Where does this come from? So I believe that we have predominant ones, which are part of our core personality and we are born with them. And then there's also ones which are taught. So you can have um, really positive archetypes and also negative ones, which are then taught by your parents and by society. So some of the narcissists I've dealt with are actually, it's taught narcissistic behavior. They don't know any different, but then you have people who are born and they're just naturally narcissistic and they'll come in like wrecking balls into people's lives. And same with, you know, say uh, the knight archetype, which is a very strong rescuer, very noble kind of personality. You can teach that to your children and you'll see that through some of the lineages and you have like police officers and soldiers okay. and different things that just go down through the generations because it's so taught um, to each one and it can be ingrained very early. Do we stick with one archetype throughout our life or do you see people changing as they get older? So um, I think what happens is you can well, this is an interesting part because like Caroline Meiss's work, which um, a lot of mine is based off, she talks about how you can have um, you know, your four survival archetypes and then you have uh, like 12 main ones. But then there's another gentleman called Robert Ohoto, which I have followed. And he's like, no, you have like a, a technician inside of you, which is like, I'm going to unplug that archetype because it's not helping me anymore. And I'm going to plug into this one. And I've actually found through my work that um, you can actually, I call it deactivating and activating archetypes. And a lot of our issues that come into our lives is because an archetype is wanting to come through and we are hiding from it. So say the healer or the teacher or a coach or any of those things that are service-based we have to go through this healing process to accept that archetype because it wants to come forth. And then you can have a thing which is called um, an archetypal crisis. And that is um, like a dark night of the soul. And that's when in like the space of maybe just one day or one month, your life literally tips upside down. Okay. And you'll have, you know, so if you have, say there's a massive car accident and um, you might lose your partner, lose your job. I mean, the archetype of the widow might have to descend or if you're a married person and then that falls apart, you're no longer, you know, in the lover and you're no longer married. So um, also if you lose a child, then the archetype of the mother changes because you have to go from nurturing to, oh my God, they're not there and in the grieving process. So that's an archetypal crisis and it can cause that dark night of soul because you have all these archetypes which are ready to, you know, descend into you. And a lot of the time when we can go through these massive um, depressive periods, dark nights of the soul, you can barely get out of bed. It's because there's parts of you in your archetypal skill set which are wanting to come in and you're not ready to let go of some of the others. So we all have aspects of us which, um, like say, 
with Caroline Meister's four survival archetypes, the child, the victim, the saboteur, the prostitute, we, whether or not we know it, we could actually identify ourselves as a victim. We don't like saying that word. We think everyone's doing these things to us and we have to heal the victim within us in order to step forth and be the healer, be the teacher, be all those things and go through that worthiness process so that you go, hang on, I'm actually really worthy of helping people. I know Mm. that I can do it and like owning it and all these other archetypes will have to come in and to support that process. Got you. So tell us about the rebel archetype. So I love using the rebel as a teaching tool because it's so identifiable and you have probably everybody on the planet has somebody in their family or in their friendship group, which, you know, has this archetype and it is um, when you don't accept authority from people that you don't respect. So the respect is a real big one with the rebel because they can actually take, you know, leadership and um, they can take on uh, guidance from people if they feel like they're aligned with their values and um, their moral codes. And they don't like being told what to do and they really like to form their own opinions and um, they won't conform to what is socially expected of them. So if you hear people talking about, oh, that's the black sheep of the family, well, that is actually the rebel archetype and it can present really softly or it can present really big. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing about archetypes in uh, in our lives is you can have a really strong archetype, say the rebel, you can have a really big rebel or you can still have it present in just a small way. So like on an energetic level, it's active in your field, but it's not a huge one of your personality, but it's still there. And, um, you know, you can have it come forth as, you know, they bring the rebel into their job and it's this big part of their entire identity. Or it can be like the little things of like, no, I'm actually going to change this generational curse and I'm just not going to repeat this pattern. And you actually rebel internally and that's what I think is one of the hidden superpowers of a rebel is if you actually stop seeing it as the rebel acting outwards you can actually acknowledge what goes on inside and I think some of the most powerful rebels um, that have gone forth are the people who go you know what I don't agree with what mum and dad said and I don't agree what the religion said I don't agree with what that politician's saying. I don't agree with what that such and such. And they, they're dare, and it really is courageous at times to go against sometimes what is like five generations worth of thinking and acting and form their own opinions and then act upon those opinions and go forth and then teach their children and speak out about it. It's really quite amazing and you can beautiful yeah and and if you think about it on a say um you have a perfectionist or a procrastinator archetype 
and you know you've, you've identified it and you've gone, oh, I've got this character trait, which is really holding me back. You can actually use your inner rebel to go, I am not allowing my perfectionist to stop me from doing what I am feeling called to do. And you can use that rebel to break your patternings. And it's incredibly powerful. I feel like just by you saying that, for me, starting out as rebel, being you know born with this archetype, it was first of all, very internalized, as you said. And I think as we hone in on that rebel spirit and kind of feel it out throughout our life, then we, as for me, as I got older as a woman, I was able to project it you know, out into the world, into my career. So earlier you said that there are both light and dark aspects of an archetype. What do you think is the dark aspect of the rebel archetype? I think that, um, you know, we'll go to criminals. You have criminals who are um, victims of their circumstance. Mm. And, you know, they've been raised in, in um, uh, an environment where that's kind of like your only option or it's a learned behavior. But then you have people who are, um, they'll use, like they're in a rebel, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And they go forth and they do harm to people. So, um, you know, like people who use, um, like they plan, um, what's those what's the word where uh not hedge funds but you, you know like they'll they'll steal money from lots of people and plan a, a heist where they they don't care how they hurt people but they justify it in i am not but i'm, I'm not following the norm i'm not doing this i'm not doing that but then they end up hurting people hmm. in um the pursuit of their selfishness and but at the crux of it, and, and you would have other things in there like narcissist archetypes and different things like that, but they would have a rebellious nature because people can't plan and implement all that if they are thinking about other people and can also, you know, pay attention to what is the social norm and care about society. And um, also people who constantly fight those in authority um, and it's not done in a constructive way. You know, it starts to become their whole identity. These people are out to get me. These people, um, uh, are fighting against me and they start to identify so much with the rebel that they actually end up doing harm to the people around them. And I think that, it's that that's the crux of when you know that the rebel has turned into deep shadow is when they in their pursuit um for their version of things they actually end up doing you know harm to to other people and society hmm. and i remember you said there are different archetypes even within the rebel correct so tell me about the sacred rebel archetype? So the difference between the rebel and the sacred rebel is the sacred rebel is, does stuff in service to other people. So like you can have your little inner rebel and, and you're like, oh, I'm not going to do this. It'll come in with your job. It'll come into your life and your family. 
and you rebel against what's the social norm because you don't like it. But then the sacred rebel is they see bigger picture stuff and issues and they just want to help with those issues. They can't sit by and look at things and go, you know, I, I, I can't stand this. I have to do something about it. So um, activists and whistleblowers are actually um, what I consider sacred rebels. And, you know, an activist doesn't have to just be for people. It can be for the earth. It can be for animals. And all of these have their light and dark shadow aspects as well. So I, I look at some of the, uh, say, vegan activists, and they're so passionate in order to get their messaging across that they end up almost sometimes going way too far and they cause so much um, confrontation that they're not getting their true message across. And I think that that's a key in um, learning to actually become in your highest aspect, a sacred rebel is learning to first and foremost, always understand that the way that you think is vastly different to many other people. It's easy for you to actually think, hey, my government might be lying to me or hey, um, my politician or my church could be lying to me. But then there's all these other people with other archetypes and it's inconceivable. So the sacred rebel and the rebel needs to understand deeply that they, their mind and their great courage can go places that other people can't. So when they're communicating, if they can communicate in a way that makes people think instead of just projecting towards them, then it's far more powerful. So just asking a simple question, hey, have you heard about such and such? And then letting them go, oh, no, no, no. Hey, how about I send you this information? Da, da, da. That's far more powerful making someone think and gently um, approaching a subject which you don't know what that other person's um, life story is, you know? And um, by posing it as questions, you put it out there in a far more powerful way than trying to cram it down their throat, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's very interesting because I feel even in media, you know, when, when we see rebels, when we think of rebels, you know, they're fighters, they're, they're armed, they're, they're very strong and, you know, in your face. So I think that's really beautiful to kind of reimagine what we see in our mind as a rebel, as someone who, yes, you can do all of those things. You can fight, you can be strong, but to present it, as you said, communicate that um, in a more meaningful way. Do you have any, any historical figure or anyone alive that you think embodies what a sacred rebel is? There's, it, it comes across in so many different ways. Um, like, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this one, but I actually look at Cardi B Okay. And, um, and I think, I don't know if she'd have the sacred, but she definitely has the rebel. And I look at her and she, as far as I can tell, 
she hasn't changed who she is no matter how famous she got. True. And she will go against the norm. And that's a good representation of how someone incredibly famous with all these platforms is just like, you know what, this is me. And I'm not going to apologize for that. And I'm, I'm just going to go forth. And when you said the word rebel with, um, you know, like armed forces and, and the rebels, which, um, you know, say in Afghanistan and stuff at the moment, on an archetypal level, because they're in such a, a crisis at the moment, um, uh, you will have the people who are in power and then the other people are classed as rebels. But if you go down and you ask them and they're like, hey, you're a rebel, they'll be like, no, 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 I'm just fighting for this. Mm-hmm. And um, some of them, they're not fighting for a cause. They're fighting for their lives. So they're actually not so much a rebel. We're classing them as a rebel. But if you go down and you ask them and you stand in their shoes and you go, hey, um, what are you fighting for? And they might say food, you, you know, that my, my wife was murdered and um, I need vengeance. Well, then they're actually um, in shadow warrior because they're in vengeance mode. So they, you know, it's, a term which um, the archetype itself is vastly different than um, what is the, the dictionary term. So archetypes deal on that, that personal level of that program and that patterning with inside of us. And um, I, the more I think about it, the people that we class as rebels um, probably don't think they are. I think that, um, you have uh, some rebels that come forth and they're so passionate about what they do that um, they will inspire the rebel in others. And I, that can be for the good or the bad, depending on what um, they're, they're fighting for. But um, like take whistleblowers, uh, they're they're another what I would call sacred uh, rebel, and I say that because they pretty much know that they could lose their job, their freedom, and potentially their lives by bringing um, the truth out, and they they're compelled to do it for others anyway. It's not for themselves. It's because they believe that the truth is so important that they're going to bring it to uh, the people. And I, one of my personal issues is, I, I know, don't know whether or not they've done it in America as well, but here in Australia, they try, they're passing laws and stuff to persecute whistleblowers who so-called do things that are detrimental to um, uh, the, the government or, or whatever they're, they're perceiving as as being sacred knowledge, um, not to not to be brought out to the public. But if it's the truth, and the people need to know, then I, I I'm horrified that they get persecuted. Very terrifying for a society <laughs> to be punished for that. You know, just me listening to you and thinking about many years, I had such a displaced rebel energy 
I feel like I've just been such a strong rebel my whole life. I'm born like that was one thing I was born with and definitely being the black sheep of my family. And it took me a really long time to figure out that energy and where to place it and what the meaning of that was and to, I guess, grow into that archetype. Do you have any um, knowledge or advice about how to grow into an archetype or how to identify an archetype for yourself? I think when it comes to the rebel, what you've done is um, the rebel is like the dictionary term of it is not pleasant. But if you actually flip it around and you really think about what it is, you are forming your own opinions based upon your moral structure of what feels right with you and your intuition, your heart and soul. And to start seeing the rebel as a beautiful thing. And I think that it's hard because society will, pro, you know, project all this stuff upon us. You, this is how you act. This is how you dress. This is, you know, you, you go to school, you get into debt, you buy a house, get into some more debt, buy a fancy car, get into some more debt, then work really hard to pay off all the debt. And um, there's like a, a process that we go while we're growing up and society is bombarding us with these concepts of how we're supposed to go into adulting and innately the rebels are like there's something wrong with this and I, I can't encourage people more than anyone listening to this like if you know something's wrong or if your gut instinct is saying this is not the right job for me or these people are morally corrupt and I don't want to work for these people anymore. You can't ignore these instincts because you're going against what your rebel and what your intuition is trying to teach you and show you. And the more you accept and work with the um, beautiful facets of being that rebel is the quicker you can grow into being happy with yourself. And once you, you're happy with yourself, that's when life blossoms. You get the job that you wanted. You get um, all these opportunities that fall at your feet because you're in alignment with your soul. And the, this, the rebel is um, beautiful if they own it and they don't want to do harm. And I would say that as you have gone along with your rebel, um, the moment that you started to shift with creating your online platform and bringing this podcast to life and you started to shift into the sacred rebel because you want to help others to start to own their rebel nature and not see it as something that is um, a bad thing or that you are different in any other way. You're just owning a huge facet of yourself and that, that can only lead to true empowerment. I love that. And, you know, this whole platform really started with a book club that I hosted for two years now, and it's called Rebels Book Club. And in that club, we would read these sorts of um, books about, about rebels, about spirituality, about, you know, all these different ideals of what a strong woman is. You know, Women Who Run With The Wolves was one of them. And there we see a lot of um, tales throughout history about these different archetypes. And 
from there, it just, it really opened up some beautiful conversations between us as women. And I think once we have this space to feel safe and talk about it, because speaking for myself, you know, I had um, experienced a lot of trauma, just naturally being a rebel growing up because, you know, you, you run the risk when you're a woman and you're outspoken and you do what you want. A lot of times you're going to be labeled a bad girl or, you know, troublesome or too much, hard to handle. Um, all of these things that it's a very, it's a heaviness that you have to grow through. And I think once I did that and kind of healed that, I was able to redirect it into, into this. And a story about this is I actually had a reading with um, a psychic medium and she was telling me all of the affirming things that I felt for a long time, such as, you know, carrying the, a lot of weight of, of a lot of women on my shoulders and kind of going into, you know, throughout history, women for a long time weren't able to even be authors. They weren't taught to read, yet alone write or publish books or vote or, you know, have these types of channels. And here I am in this day and age where I can set up a mic and have a podcast and invite beautiful souls like you to share this information. And so, you know, that's really, like you said, once you identify and you stay true to yourself and you find that purpose, you can transition into the sacred rebel. And I think so many people, so many people listening that I know will really resonate with that. So thank you for sharing that. And I'd love to hear how your coaching can help us. Um, a lot of us in this community are, are business owners or it's a side hustle for us or there's something that we want to create. How can your coaching of the archetype help us grow, heal, and, and accomplish these things? So um, I had the most severe inner critic voice and self-esteem problems. There was no way I could have got on here and talked to you. There's just, mm. I was hidden. I was, I had all these dreams and desires, but there's just no way that that could happen, right? And I, I had a amazing kind of spiritual activation on my 29th birthday my Saturn return was literally pretty much around my birthday and um from there I uh, the the mystic archetype was really activated in my field and I consumed spiritual knowledge at the most bizarre rate like I just went from workshop to workshop modality to modality to book to book like I couldn't stop hmm. and um I came across uh, Caroline Mice with her um, four survival archetypes. And um, I, I reached a point after about four years of consuming knowledge and I just went, you know, it just like switched off. And I went, I have to start implementing this. And the archetype spoke to me uh, in a a different way uh, really embedded in with my self-esteem and my confidence because that's what I needed to work on so the four survival archetypes is your child your victim your saboteur and your prostitute your child is there's um, many different types of child and uh, that can sometimes take a little bit of work to get to understand uh, but it's how we 
get offended. It's how we set up expectations. And when that expectation isn't met, we go down into specific patterns of destruction. So it's our fear of, oh, if we say this and I put myself out there, people might belittle me and, and like you, you shrink, you look like you can't, um, you, you don't even want to face that. And there was a gentleman called Jim Butcher and and uh, sorry, Jim Curtin. And so Jim Curtin, he um, said that there's some archetypes which will help pull us out of the survivals. And um, that's the sovereign. So the sovereign pulls you out of the child. The warrior pulls you out of the victim. The alchemist or the magician pulls you out of the saboteur. And the lover pulls you out of the prostitute. The victim is like, you go in and, and people are like, oh, people are doing this to me and society is doing this to me. I've, uh, I'm, it's not going to work. And the saboteur is your patterns of like perfectionism, procrastination. You might have the addict. You might have a shapeshifter. Um, the prostitute is nothing to do with sex. It's where you prostitute your soul. You prostitute your time, your um energy, your life force, doing things that you don't want to do and you can't break yourself out of that cycle. You might be working for people that you absolutely morally hate and they know that they're doing wrong for people on the planet and you stay for a paycheck and it's killing you inside and you know it is and you, you know, you're popping pills left, right and center to deal with the fact that you're stuck in this cycle and um, the lover, you know, that pulls you out of that is when you start to love yourself enough that you go, hang on, I'm being called to help people. I'm being called to do this. I'm being called to do that. And uh, out of all the people that I help when I take them through these, um, four processes, I call it the self-esteem and the soul esteem. And I really go in deep with those four archetypes in particular, because they're the ones which have us stuck thinking that, you know, I can't do these things. I don't have the confidence. I can't get up and do Facebook lives. I can't write this. I'm not good at that. You know, the people pleaser comes into it with a shapeshifter and you have to look and, and identify with each um, program and pattern that you've got and you take ownership of it and once you start to own your stuff and you look at your shadow work that's when you realize you know nobody's holding me back but me no one I can't blame anyone um if I do this work and I bit by bit look at myself and own my fears my doubts and work through it push through it then um, that happens on the confidence level. And on the side of that, I have um, my business coaching. So some people come to me specifically for archetypes. They just want the archetypal empowerment. Mm -hmm. And then some people who are wanting to start spiritual businesses, they'll do both. So take the archetypal journey, but I'm a former journalist and um, a social media uh, manager. So I will go, 
and let's write this. So I teach them what kind of content connects really deeply with their audience, what, what media platforms, what things that they should be doing. And I help them through that because it's really the confidence in not knowing what to do and, oh my God, I'm petrified and those kinds of things they need to push through to, you know, really live the life that they want to. This came up on a recent podcast episode I did, but we were basically talking about this, exactly what you said, where even I, when I'm coaching women to start a business, they, they come to me with questions, you know, um, how do you start the business? How do you make a website? What should the name be? What should the logo look like? But it ends up being the conversation mostly surrounding align with yourself because you have the confidence you can do this. It's going to be great. Trust the universe. All of those things are like 90% of starting of, of creating something. And it's so interesting that you say that because I think for women, it, that really should be where you start is coaching yourself through that and being in a place where you're ready to, to shine, to allow yourself to shine. I think that's very beautiful. Um, and I think this is such a, a very beautiful service that you offer. Um, very interesting. So I'm so glad that you could share all of this with us today. One of the things I always ask, you know, my guests to do is to find what a rebel is to them. And that's basically what we've been talking about this whole um, segment. But you did say that, you know, the definition of a rebel in the dictionary is not so great. So if you could give us if you could define it in one or two sentences, what do you think a definition of a rebel is or should be? I think a rebel is someone who is not a follower. They make a decision on what they believe and what really feels right for them. And then they take action to create that reality and to or, or to protect that truth within inside of them. And anyone listening, um, you know, really learn from uh, Leah's journey of, you know, own the rebel, the inner rebel as the most potent, beautiful force to create the life that you want. You know, they call us black sheep and they call us all other kinds of stuff. And, um, there's a part of you inside that's rebelling for a reason. It doesn't feel right. And if you go into your sovereign and your intuition, you start asking those questions, you know, most of the time when I deal with people who have the rebel, they're right. <laughs> and other people, and it's so courageous to actually see them witness the, the journey that they've undertaken to live their truths. And it's just beautiful. It's true. Being a rebel definitely takes, courage because the things that you have to walk through you have to walk through fire you're going to walk through fire if you truly live an authentic rebellious life let us know where can we if we want to book your services um, please tell us how we can find you how we can book services with you and how we can support you otherwise oh thank you um my website is www.jessbeard.com and on Instagram, I am jessbeard.innerAlchemist. And um, there's a little link on there that sends people to everywhere as well. And uh, I will always love to, to connect with people. I have a, um, a Facebook group 
called Archetypes in Alchemy, and I answer a bunch of questions all the time for people. And I, I believe it's really important to be generous with your content and your time. So uh, if anyone ever wants to ask any further questions and stuff like that, I, I get it, you know, I'll get asked different things by messenger and then I'll, I'll create videos and lives about it. That's lovely. Okay. And I'll make sure to, when this airs, when this posts, I'll include everything for everyone listening as well. So um, it'll also be in the description of this podcast. So thank you again, Jess, for sharing with us. Um, this absolutely resonated with me and I know it's going to bless a lot of other women and, and everyone else listening. So thanks for being on Rebelology. I have absolutely loved it. And I just want to thank you for being the rebel. And I don't think enough rebels are actually thanked by people. And we have um, the, the nature to push through people's um, the, the darkness that they don't want to see. And the rebels will bring things to light. And everything that you do, every podcast, your book club, your posts, you're helping to bring light and comfort to people. So I just wanted to deeply acknowledge that. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and being part of Rebelology. Please make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you get alerts on our new episodes. And for more information, head over to rebelologypodcast.com.